0: But I'm going to, and I may get there by the end, but verse 14, the writer said this, I know that, now we've got to learn serving the Lord that it's okay, it's not boastful or arrogant or anything when you just say, I know God. It's doing things, you know I, I, you know, I know that God loves me. That's not big. That's, that's, these are things I know. You, because if you learn something, you know it. Is that right? right. Have you learned anything since you started serving the Lord? Yeah. yeah, well, then you know it. And you know, here's the thing. When you learn it the first time, it stands forever. Because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So when you learn that God loves you early on, Don't ever think down the road that changes because he don't change. So anyway, uh, that's just a little hors d'oeuvre before the lesson. But I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. See there, unchanging. Nothing can be put to it. You can't make God love you no more than he does. And nothing can be taken from it. You can't make God love you less than he does. And somebody, you ought to be happy right now some of y'all just checked off I'm like whew, whew. I thought God no, but you can't, you can't take anything away from it and God doeth it that men should fear before him not oh he's going to hit me not I'm coward in fear I'm afraid but a reverence uh, an honor, respect I, I reverence the Lord I honor him, I adore him because of These things. So today we're going to talk about this. Trusting God. Everybody say, I trust God. Trusting God in this season. Trusting God in this season. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you this morning and thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you for all that you do and we put our lives in your hands. And today, God, we just ask you to speak to us. Let us hear what the Spirit would say. And we're going to praise you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now clap your hands and give you some thanks in the house of the Lord. Come on, let's just be thankful for another moment. Oh, you might not be real glad where you are, but you're better than where you could be. And Things might not be just like you want them to be, but they're better than they could be. I'm thankful to the Lord today. We love you, Jesus. You can be seated. God bless you in Jesus' name. Trusting God in this season, there is a, a note um, on this verse, uh, Ecclesiastes three and fourteen, in um, my study Bible, and it, and it was so good that I, I just I felt like it would be worth sharing, but. Concerning Ecclesiastes 14, I know that whatsoever God doeth, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. God doeth it that men should fear before him. What does that mean for us in our life? Um, This brief explanation of that scripture says that a proper understanding of God must always include his sovereignty. Now, if you're not sure what sovereignty means, most of the time we realize, well, that that sounds like something goes with royalty or kings. Well, that's right because it does. But you'll hear people say a lot of times when you're praying about something or going through something, well, God is sovereign. And uh, that's not just something to say to kind of, okay, I don't have to answer any further. It's just what we know about God. For God to be sovereign means that he, um, he rules supreme. There is no law above his law. There is no way above his way. Um, It is his way or our way. Our way is not very good. (laughs) Uh, We want his ways. He is the supreme ruler. He is the king of kings and the lord of lords. He is the Lord God Almighty. He is the first and the last. There is no other God beside him, and neither will there be one formed after him. He is the only God, the only living God. There are gods made of men, but there is only one true and living God. And and being that only one here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. His law, His word, His way stands supreme above anybody else. Uh, You don't have to look past Him to find an answer because He is the answer. Uh, So when we talk about God's sovereignty, it's that uh, he has all power. He does it. He makes the decisions. Nobody counsels him. He, he asks questions in scripture. He said, were you with me when I laid the foundations? Were you with me when I called things forth? Were, were you with me when I spread the story? And no, he said, I created all things by myself alone. I did it all by myself. Uh, in um, Ephesians 1, it says that God works everything after the counsel of his own will. If he counsels with anybody, he counsels with himself because nobody knows better than him. And that doesn't make God arrogant. It makes him God. Right. That's who he is. And we must learn to trust him and believe in him uh, no matter where we find ourselves in life. And if we're going to um, really have success in our walk with God and making it through the times that we don't understand, we must trust the sovereignty of God, So a proper understanding of God must always include his sovereignty. You just can't talk about his grace and his mercy and his love and forgiveness. Man, that's essential. But we must include his sovereignty. Um, God will do what he wants to do, and no mere human can change that. Nobody can change it. This is what he said here. You can't add to it or take away. Recognizing this causes us to fear or reverence God, not be afraid of him, but Reverence him because we know you respect or you should respect authority. In the world, we, we, we are taught to, or we were at least, less and less in the day we live today. But we always, as a kid, you respected authority. It started as a child with your parents or your grandparents. If my parents left me with my grandmother and when they got back, this little boy was talking back to me, huh? Oh. <laughs> They, you better not get that report. But my grandma, she she was still telling you, but she was going to get you too. Right. You, you, how, come, how come he's got them stripes on his legs? I took that switch to him. Oh, <laughs> well, what did he do? Okay, I'll get the belt on him when he gets home. But but you learned, and you learned you better not come home with a note from the teacher. He was tearing the classroom up and showing out and, and back talking to the teacher. You You learned to respect authority. And so we honor and respect, we recognize God's authority in our life and we have a deep respect um, for him. And so a person will never truly understand or find uh, meaning in this life without a deep respect for God and his sovereignty. You can't just say, Oh, I love you, Lord, because I'm going to heaven, uh, but I don't care about the way you do things very much. You, you know, It's kind of crazy the way you do stuff. I'd rather you do it my way, but God's not going to just do it your way. He's going to do it his way. And, you know, when he said, we, we thought, well, he said he would give me the desires of my heart, but he didn't say how he would deliver it. <laughs> and see, we, that's us most of the time. We're all about the delivery. I want it delivered like I want it. I want to special order it. I want it, uh, you know, uh, when we shop. I, I, I paid extra for special shipping. I want you to double box it. I want it to be here the next day. And, and we do that with God. I, I want it next day. And God just likes it. Okay, okay. God just smiles and loves you. Hey, they're so cute asking for the next day. I love my kids. Just, but you're going to get it. You know, it's just be like, hey, mom, I'm, I'm hungry right now. Well, suffers at five. I'm hungry now. Okay, suffers at five. <laughs> Go play. You know, do something. Clean up. Break the yard. Do something. But anyway, stay busy. But our uh, trust in God. Is big, And as we grow in grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, we learn to trust his sovereignty because God was manifest in the flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And the Word, God, was made flesh and dwelt among us. We know that, he's talk, that John was talking about Jesus. And that's why Jesus made the statement in Matthew 28 that all power in heaven and earth is given to me because I'm sovereign. The sovereignty is coming to me. Uh, it's my way, it's my commandment. You have to follow my word, do the things that I say. Why do you call me Lord and do not the things I say? That's what he would ask them. So why do you call me Lord but you don't trust my sovereignty? You don't do the things that I ask of you. We know that the scripture says all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in Jesus bodily. It was everything that uh, the Godhead was dwelt inside of him. So he is that sovereign God. And you will not, if you want to learn and trust God's sovereignty, there's no better place to recognize that than in his word. The psalmist uh, in the writings of Psalm 119, uh, he explained it like this, Psalm 119 and 128. Therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. And so he was saying, Lord, he said, this is the way I look at it. Whatever you say concerning anything, that's what I believe. I believe God. I trust you. I don't care what I think about it. Whatever you say about it, that's what I'm going to believe. I esteem all your precepts concerning all things to be right. You can never think that God would be wrong in any part of your life that he interjects in. If God steps into a certain part of your life, there's a reason. And you can think, this is going to be for my good. Because all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So we know that uh, we can trust God with our lives. The scripture says we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That means I trust his word above everything else. Job said, I have esteemed the words of God's mouth more than the food that I need to live. He said, you know, we, you, you, can, you can go a, a little while. I mean, people do it. They get uh, lost out in the desert or wilderness or something, and they go for they can, I can go for 30, 40 days really without eating. You know, they, They're going to be suffering, but they can live, still be alive, barely hanging on, but you can go a long time without food. But you can't go forever. And Job said, you know, I know I need to eat to live, God. I know I do. But your word is more important than that because that's going to make me live forever. That's going to help me live the life that I want to live for you. So you, you don't want to try to live a life for God without his word. You want to trust him because his word is right concerning everything. The scripture tells us that... you know." People say, oh, if I could just have some peace in my life. Well, let me tell you where peace comes from. His word. He said, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing will offend them. Oh, you know, people, this, in this day and time, man, people love to be offended. You can't, well, you we say things, well, you know, Pastor, you know, just the world, everybody, no matter if you start talking about the Lord, people get offended. You know that now in Israel, they want to pass a law that you can't even say the name of Jesus. Now, I already know that you can't go over there and just walk around and, and tap some Hebrew on the shoulder and say, Hey, you have been born again? They'll they'll lock you up for that. There's signs saying, Do not proselyte. You don't come over here just walking around. You, ain't no street corner preachers about Jesus in Jerusalem. I can promise you that. Because you get locked up. But now they're trying to say that you can't even... Talk about him. Mention his name. Not trying to convert nobody. Just don't be walking around. I don't even know if they passed the law. If you were to walk through the old city with a shirt that said Jesus across the front of them, they might take it off or go to jail. I don't know. But that's, you know, in the book of Acts, that's the way they were. Don't preach in this name anymore or we're going to kill you. And they said, well, we, is it better for us to obey God or man? They went on out and preached Jesus anyway. Did they get locked up? Yeah. Did they get beat? They sure did. But they said they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer for his name. And what the reason why it wasn't a problem for them was that they trusted God. And they believed in his sovereignty. They believed that whatever he's doing is right. Now, whatever path that puts me on, I've got to trust God. That he's taking care of me. That he is watching over me. Uh, that he will... You know, that word that's forever settled in heaven will do what it said it will do. Uh, the Bible says that by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by God's word. And so that means to me, I translate that to me personally is that whatever my world is, it needs to be framed in by God's word because it will stand. And so uh, as kids in natural life, you know, we questions our parents a lot of times growing up. Why did you send me to this school? Why did you enroll me in this? Why why are you making me eat this? Why are you making me do these chores? There was a purpose usually behind everything. You're trying to teach your kids something. You want them to learn. You want them to grow. You want the best for them. And the kids don't always get that. and They act out and show out. Well, sometimes we do that with God. We don't always understand why God is leading us in the way he's leading us or why he has opened this door or shut this door. We just don't understand sometimes and, and we don't, God, what are you making out of my life? What's happening here? Uh, often, especially when you first come to the Lord and you really give your life to serve him, that is the most chaotic time of your life. I'm not saying that to scare you, but I'm telling you the truth <laughs> because it, it's like, there's going to be a shaking right there at the beginning to see, are you hanging on? <laughs> are you letting go? I've told this story before. but When I came fresh out of the water, been baptized, I was so excited. I was so happy. I was feeling some good sins washed away. I was just like, man, this is the best feeling ever. And this guy in the church walked straight up me, got right in my face like this. Think it not strange, the fiery trial that is it is to try you. I, he might as well have been talking Chinese. I didn't know what he was what? <laughs> Trial? He said, oh, yeah. And so I was like, what in the world does that mean? But, but you know, it didn't make me stop. It didn't, I'm like well, it didn't kill that good feeling I had. It was just like, let me put that in my pocket and check that out when I get home. So I got home and I got a Bible out. I did the best I could. I started studying. I looked that verse up and started just reading and understanding that just because I am, so happy that he just washed all my sins away doesn't mean that I'm going to be without trouble in this world because Jesus said in the world you will have tribulation but then he said but be of good cheer for I've overcome the world and so he's telling us trust me you're going to go through some things but that's the key word you're going to go through some things he didn't say in this world you're going to be destroyed in this world you're going to be beat in this world you'll be defeated he said in this world you'll go through some things through some things, so I trust him. But, uh, the Psalm 23 is all about the psalmist David trusting God's sovereignty. He, he describes um, God's sovereignty as a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And then he begins to list all the things that the shepherd provides. Well, a sheep got no say in what the shepherd's doing. You know, he's going to go where the shepherd leads. And if he gets a little sideways, he's going to put that crook around his neck and straighten him out. He's gonna pull him. It's, it's, that thing isn't just for pulling him out of a ditch; it's to pull him in the right way. And sometimes he might have to tap him, just like God taps us sometimes. Like, hey, hey, buddy, straighten up. Hey, miss, cool your jets. Put that phone down. Quit texting right now. <laughs> will God do that? Sure, He will. You know, before before there was ever texting or, or social media, there was just good old word of mouth and and landlines. And, and if God would tell you to shh and hang that phone up, he'll tell you shh and quit texting. <laughs> yeah, oh, quit meddling, Pastor. Well, I will. We got to trust God. And then look, look what Paul wrote to the, the church at Rome, Romans 9 and 20. He said, he said, Nay, but, oh man, he said, Who are you to reply against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why have you made me thus? Has not the potter power over the clay? Of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor. So can't God make what he wants to make? And if God is make, well, you remember that now because we're going to see in a minute about the things that God makes and the things he does but, but so think about that you may not understand what God's making out of your life but he, he does right. he ain't just with his eyes closed going let's see what happens oh look at that you know, he, you, you, if you were to get a sit from a potter's wheel or somebody give you a lump of clay and they blindfold you and say now start just take off start and you'd have a, a, you know, that kindergarten art and you, you know, you, you'd be like what? What is this? And then sometimes we look at what God's doing like, I don't know. What, oh, what are you doing, God? I'm, I'm just getting some things worked out. You're like, man, I, I'm dizzy from all the spinning on this wheel, Lord. Yeah, Just hang in there. You'll be all right. Uh, so you, you trust God. God's the potter with the clay. Our steps, the scripture said, are ordered of the Lord. God orders our steps. How? In his word. He wants us to walk in his word. That's why the scripture says, that's the you know, what does God require of you? He said to do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. The, the the conclusion of the matter Ecclesiastes says that we should fear God, reverence him, and keep his commandments. That's the whole duty of man. Not to talk back to God. Not to, uh, well, I don't like that, God. Well, you might not like it, but it's for your betterment, you know. Hey, when we was kids, we didn't like a lot of things, but it was for our betterment. We didn't get it at the time. We thought we were being left out. All my friends are, and then we used to get this line. Well, if your friends jumped off a building, would you do it? it. Probably. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. but we got some friends here. They all jumped out of planes. If your friend did, yeah. My son did it. I was so glad when he called me and said, I'm on the ground. Uh, But, um, you know, it's... uh, just in, I mean, you know, you just do, people talk you into doing things, but, but we got, we just trust God. We, we The Bible says we commit the keeping of our soul unto Him. You can't come to Him for salvation, for that, that new birth, and then say, I'll take the reins from here, Lord. Uh, just, uh, you know, we, the song says, Jesus, take the wheel, but we're like, I'll take it back now if that's all right with you. And that's not the way it works. Uh, God is not your co-pilot. He's your pilot. Yeah. Uh, Hey, and and I'm glad for it. I'm a passenger on this ride. Uh, That's that's the way it is. Listen, it's God's way whether I decide to serve him or not because I can't add anything to his word. I can't take anything away from it. Whatever God's going to do, he's going to do. So I trust in him and I believe in him so that I can be established. I trust in the sovereignty of God. I trust in him. He, he is the divine ruler, and I'm okay with that. He's in charge of it all. I'm okay with that. I don't need any of that. I'm gonna, I, I don't mind following his orders. You know, I want to do what he wants me to do. I'm going to follow him. And the thing is is that you, with that much power in the world, a, a person gets that kind of power. It corrupts them. It's, uh, but, but God, being that sovereign God, it doesn't affect him in a negative fashion at all. You know, the Bible says, again, there's a way that seems right to a man, but, but those ways end up in death. And so I want his ways. Uh, the Bible teaches me I should acknowledge him in all my ways and, and, and lean not to my own understanding. I need to trust the sovereignty of God because left to ourselves the scripture says, on our best day, man, in his very best state, it says he's vanity. It doesn't amount to anything. You, on your very best, without God, it don't mean nothing. It just will end and go away. And so, no one, if there's no one to question us, question our ways, question our actions, uh, you know, for us to just assume we're always right, what we say is final. It's my way or the highway. That we, We've got three companions with us. Pride, arrogance, and ego. And that leads to a legalistic dictatorship. And that's not what God wants in our lives. And, and God, you know the thing about God? He's not a dictator. He's, he's, he's our Lord. Uh, and he, he's our God. He's, he's our king. He's our sovereign. We trust completely and totally in him. Uh, you know, but there have been dictators in the world that led their countries into war and and people lost their lives over things that were senseless and, and useless and didn't amount to anything and they lost anyway. And look, it wasn't just they lost the war, but look at what they lost. And in this life, I don't want to go to war and lose out things. Uh, I want to listen to the Lord and let him lead me through the things I need to go through. So uh, God's sovereignty will get us there. So God, being sovereign, here's all the qualities he still holds. He still loves you. You know, people with, most of the time, people with total authority and power, they tolerate you. They don't love you, but he loves you. He still shows mercy. You know, a person with total power in the world, he doesn't have to show mercy because it's all about me but he is forgiving, he's compassionate, he's concerned, he cares, he provides, nourishes, delivers, he heals, he guides us, feeds us, clothes us, protects us, rewards us, saves us, fills us, and he's still sovereign. He's over it all. One one writer said, I believe it was Paul wrote, said, let God be true and every man a liar. That's it. God's true, there's no, uh, there's no falseness in him, he cannot lie, there's, there's no unrighteousness in him at all, there's no, he's, he's not sneaky, he does things without telling us but that doesn't make him sneaky, sneaky means you're trying to be dishonest about something but no, he's not sneaky, he just does things the way he does them, to him it's plain, to us not so plain, we don't really get what God's doing a lot of times. But his sovereignty doesn't cancel out any of the other things that he is. But his sovereignty will work side by side with all his attributes and hand in hand with his word. His sovereignty goes hand in hand with his grace and his mercy. That's why there is no salvation in any other. His, His salvation comes from his sovereignty. He made a way of salvation. Nobody else can. That's why I said, for all the ends of the earth should look unto me and be saved. That's why there's no salvation in any other name but the name of Jesus because he's sovereign and and even salvation is part of his sovereignty. In Romans 8 and 28, uh, I quoted it just a moment ago, but we'll uh, just go back to it. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So whatever is happening in my life right now, I have to trust God that good will come of it. Now sometimes good may not be the direct result of what you're going through but God is a God that gives us beauty for ashes. He he exchanges things sometimes. See, see, things may never in your life once you start serving God, they may never be the same but they can be better and they can be new because the Bible says all things are new when we're in Him. So uh, it may not be the same as it was, and it shouldn't be. Once we come to Him, there's a change, and we have to trust that. And we have to also trust because we think, okay, I just uh, lost my job, and I just cannot see how good is going to come from me losing my job. Well, a direct result of that may not, uh, you know, it may not be like, well, I lost my job, and man, I found a pot of gold. <laughs> no? But. In that, God can provide a door to open for a better job, something else to happen. You have to think, uh, okay, God's watching over me and I believe in him and I trust him. And if this happens now, if you lost your job because you never show up for work, you and God are going to have to talk about uh, the next job because he's not going to reward us for being bad at this life. He's going to love us even though we're bad at this life. But if you're like, yeah, well, I only called in sick like 16 times this month. I mean, I was late 27 times, you know, this month and just, you know, but, but, you know, I still showed up for an hour and, uh, you know, well, they hired you for 40 hours and to be on time. And so, you know, you can't be like, God, I don't understand what happened. And God's going to be like, really? Really? Let me remind you, and and so so don't get it confused that God's supposed to always dig us out of the holes we make. Uh, you know, sometimes you know, you are doing 120 and a 45, you're going to jail, and and God ain't gonna God ain't gonna be mad at the police officer for arresting you. He's gonna be like, get him before he kills somebody, you know. So think about that. But we do have to understand that when it comes to our life and the things that God is working in our life, and the in the steps that God is ordering us, it, you know that all things work for our good. You know, um, we can't be as naive to think that anything we do in life works for our good. I could say, well, yeah, I, I went and I robbed that house. Well, that's not going to work for your good you know, I I I did this that's not what he said it's not just cuz that would that would be anything you could do hey i just kicked that dog and that works you know to my good well, it, it, no it won't not if i see you do it cuz i'm i'm going to kick you <laughs> and that won't probably won't work for my good but you know it's but i like no you you'll get you you know there's things that you do you get yourself in a fix and that's on you but Following him and living for him and doing for him, you're not exempt from the highs and lows of life. God will bring you through them, but you're going to trust his sovereignty in those things. You've got to trust God's sovereignty. And so um, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the thoughts, this is God speaking now. He said, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God's telling you the things that I give you or the things I do in your life are not meant for evil. What if God removes someone from your life? You may be sad and you may grieve, but God knew it was for your betterment. It It was so you could stay saved uh, because every relationship ain't the right relationship. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. Sometimes it's... Some friendships, some things. It's just they're not. They're they're toxic. They're poisonous. And if they have to be removed, it can break your heart and hurt you. But but you still have to understand that God doesn't do anything to hurt us. He said, "I'm not going to do evil things to you. I'm doing this so I can get you to the end that I expect you to have. And if this person is a snare for you, I'll move them." I'll get him out of the way. uh, So God's not going to do us evil. He's going to give us an expected end. Uh, Think about Joseph. He removed him from his father that loved him very much. He took Joseph away from his family. Let him be sold into slavery. Let him get lied on, thrown in a dungeon. And he did all of that so that Joseph could be a, a source of salvation for all of Israel. Because he said, he, Joseph gave, him, gave his brothers the answer. What you did, you did for evil, but God meant for good. So to save many people, not just Israel, but all these Egyptians, all of Egypt, to save them alive. God had a plan all the way. I couldn't see it. I was crying. I missed my dad. I was in that hole. They took my coat. You know, they threw me in there and, and then sold me away. And I, I was in a land where I didn't know anybody and thought, well, I'll never see my family again. And I had to go through all of that, and I didn't understand that. But I couldn't stay home and fulfill the dreams that God had for me. And so we've got to trust the sovereignty of God. Now, Joseph could have just got bitter and say, I don't want to hear nothing about no more dreams. I don't want nothing. And it might have been a different outcome. But he still trusted God prayed to God, did God's will. Even while he was in, he behaved himself right. Even while he was in the prison, so much that the, the guy watching over the prison, he just gave everything to Joseph said, <clears throat> take care of it because everything you touch, is God's blessing it even while you're locked up. So I'll just let you have it. So God was still blessing him even though he was uh, locked up. He was just doing spiritual time. And sometimes in this walk with God, you're going to find yourself doing some spiritual time. You're going to find yourself in a place where I can't go anywhere else because God's got me here for a reason. And until he opens the door and calls me out like they did with Joseph, i just do the best where I am right now and know that God is working on my behalf. So you hear what your pastor's saying to you today because we're fixing to get, I told you, we're going to talk about trusting God in this season because we're fixing to talk about your season, where you're at right now in your life. All the things you're facing, all the things that you're worried about, all the things you're scared about, all the things that are eating you alive every day, this is your season. And so uh, in Ecclesiastes, we'll jump back to the, that book. Um, now that we're sh- everybody's sure about God's sovereignty. You trust the Lord? Amen. If you trust Him, clap your hands to Him. Yeah, that's right. We trust the Lord. And so Now we're going to talk about this season because anybody can trust God when the sun's shining and the bank account's full and the kids are acting right. (laughs) Ain't nobody in jail. You know, everybody can just, whoo, what a great life it is till that thunder claps. That boat starts rocking. That wind picks up. Wait a second now. I'm supposed to be in the boat with Jesus boat ain't supposed to be rocking well, look at Jesus he's asleep he trusts his own sovereignty <laughs> he knows who he is he's telling us trust him so let's, let's jump back to Ecclesiastes 3 now I'll read what you thought I was going to read to everything there's a season everything everything the heartache there's a season great thing about seasons seasons change so to everything there is a season Wherever you were at in that part of your life, that was a season. Wherever you're at right now in this time of your life, guess what? It's a season. And uh, this is not like the same, it doesn't have the same time duration as our four seasons that we, of course, we just have one season in Georgia most of the time. But uh, on the calendar, at least, it says it changes. But in God's time, when he says there's a season, it means whatever you're doing, wherever you're at, it's going to last a while. We, we were evangelists for a season, and now we're pastoring. And guess what? This is for a season. Uh, I don't get me wrong. I'm not leaving tomorrow or nothing, but I'm just saying that I understand that. I understand that, that it's a season. And this season, I, I believe, will last till he comes back. That's what I believe. But uh, I do understand that to everything, there is a season. There is a season to your life. Because once we are born, we're headed, unless the Lord comes back, we're headed all to the same place, uh, to that grave. That's just scripture. That's not to be, oh, that's, thanks, pastor. No, I'm just telling you, that's, that's the truth of life. So to everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted. I haven't been real good at this time to plant stuff. I, I talked about that last week. I don't plant things. A time to kill. Anytime I plant something, it's a time to kill. A time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, Boy, that's an important thing. Uh, A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. So we see all these things. And then verse 11. Now listen. uh, Well, I'm going to get to verse 11 in a second. So what he just said here, everything, there's a season and a time to every purpose on the heaven. Anything that goes on on this earth in your life uh, you know, is for a reason and it's for a season. Now, we think, man, everything is chaos. This world is chaos. It's wars and rumors of wars. There's earthquakes. There's fire, tornadoes. You know, Mississippi just got tore up over on Friday night. Uh, storms everywhere, things. It just. It's chaos, division, destruction. It seems like everywhere in the world, the world is going crazy. But God sees all of that. And we have to trust. Even Jesus talked about that. He said, this is what is coming. He commented on all those things in Matthew 24 and 25. He said all these things are coming. So um, it's ordered and it's structured and it's seasonal and it is time-oriented because all that stuff won't last forever. But that is why it is so vital today that we pray like Jesus said, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, his kingdom, his will, because we trust his sovereignty. We want everything going on under heaven. We want it to be like it is in heaven. And so we pray. Now, that may isolate it to our life alone and to our family's life and to our walk with God because God's going to do with this world what he's going to do. We cannot pray or fast enough days to change what God has already set in motion. God is coming back. The Lord's coming back to get a church, and we're, our prayers are not going to delay that or hurry that up. It's, he's coming at the time He's got set appointed. We have to trust that. That's why we must be always watching and working on ourselves, keeping ourselves, knowing that He can come just like a thief in the night. That's what the scripture says. But in this, whatever you're happening now, there's a season. Whatever's going on in your life and happening now is a season. Season, that's the duration of it. The time is the moment. So whatever's going on at this time in your life, it's seasonal. You hear me? Yeah. If you are feel like you're riding the storm out, well, then just keep riding because the Lord didn't call you to be drowned by your storm. He didn't call you to be destroyed uh, in the fire. He didn't call you to... to Uh, so that you could throw in the towel and quit, he called you to give you an expected end. And he said, if you'll trust me, I'll get you there. He told the disciples two words, follow me. Where? Didn't say where. Just follow me. And while you're walking following me, I'll be making something out of you. So one time they were so sure that he would die, they said, well, let's go with him so we can die with him. Because they just figured... Man, he's walking into a hornet's nest right now, but I guess we're going to go with him so we can die. We've been walking with him. I guess we'll die with him. They didn't know what Jesus would do. They said, but I've got to trust him and keep following him. Now, some didn't. Jesus preached one time, and it said from that time, many of his followers turned around and didn't follow him anymore. They said, no, that's enough for us. We stop here. We're getting off the bus right here. But he looked at the 12, and he said, will you also go away? Where would we go? Only you have the words to everlasting life. We trust you. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. We're going with you. And so they they trusted in his sovereignty. They didn't understand what he was saying sometimes. He would talk to them about things that were going to happen to him. They didn't like that. Peter didn't like it, rebuked him, and got rebuked back. But uh, because you've got to trust in the sovereignty of God's plan. They loved Jesus. They believed in who he was. They didn't want to see something happen to him. But the Lord said, how can all things be fulfilled if I stop this? If I don't drink this cup, how are you, people are going to be saved? I've got to do this. And Peter was upset over that, you know. He, he, so he rebuked him. Oh, I'd be that far from you. And he said, Peter, you 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 love the things of men and not the things of God. Right. And so he was, he was telling Peter, he said, you've got to trust me no matter if you understand it or not. And so you may not understand what you're going through, but let me ask you this, and you just don't have to shout out or answer but do you understand what God did in your life? Did God fill you with the Holy Ghost? Did God wash your sins away? Does God love you? Does any of that change because things are spinning out in your life? No. It don't does it? And none of that changes. Uh, there, there's not a storm or a trial or a test or any great tragedy that can happen in your life that can stop the way God feels about you but it often stops the way we feel about God. People get mad at God. People get mad. It, you know, it's, it's a very sensitive subject, and, and, but we've got to trust God. You know, that when we lose a loved one, it's always too soon. It doesn't matter how old they are. Oh, if I could just have them for one more day, one more minute. We, we don't understand that sometimes. And and uh, we're like, I, I don't get why why... They had to go, but they did. You know, even in that, God sees beauty. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. You know, we think we love them so much, but you don't love them more than God does. And God gave them life. God gave them that spirit. And then God is one that calls them home. And we have to trust even in those things that God is doing, what he alone can do there's purpose in every one of these times moments and they only last for a season and while we are at our wits end being tossed about the boat waves covering us there's a, there's a story in scripture about that jesus said let's go to the other side they hop in the boat halfway across the lake here comes the storm jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat the disciples are screaming and crying out and just you know do you don't do you not care that we're about to perish and the lord gets up and you know, he, he does, where's your faith? But then he, hey, peace be still. Because he loves them. He said, look, we're not drowning. I said we're going over to the other side. But, you know, you didn't listen to what I said. And so you didn't trust me. But if you had just heard me, you would have had faith. And so we need to quit. Uh, we, we make sure we're not getting so caught up in the miraculous things of God that we forget to hear just that plain, wonderful Powerful word of God That tells you where you're going You hear me I understand why, why I'm overdrawn I was speaking in tongues last night Well you're overdrawn Because you spent your money The devil didn't come steal, rob your bank account You know It always trips me out When somebody says Man I'm so broke man the devil's just after me The devil can't spend your money he ain't got an Amazon account. That's your Amazon account. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Uh, look, but the way that we say peace be still, and we can, we have authority to do that, is by trusting his word. Number one, great peace have they that love thy law. And when our mind is stayed on him, we have great peace. Uh, the way we say peace be still is remember He's in control. Remember God's sovereignty. And then remember, there's a purpose to everything. All things that God leads me into, that God leads me into, will work together for my good. If we walk into it, then we got to maintain it and take care of it. We need to let God lead us. And it's seasonal. And then after all those things he just said in those eight verses, I know I'm running out of time, uh, he says this. God has made, in verse 11, God has made everything beautiful in his time. Everything has made, God has made everything beautiful in his time. What he's doing in your life is beautiful, but it's going to be in his time. So everything in verse 2 to 8, that's beautiful. Wait a minute. A time to die, that's beautiful. Beautiful to the Lord. A time to pluck up. You know, see, we we, we like being born. We like the healing. We like the building up. We like the laughing. We like the dancing. We like all that part of but the other stuff, God sees the beauty in that too just like he saw the beauty of going to Calvary. To us there's no beauty in that because they mocked him and shamed him and beat him and sh- stripped him and 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 beat him mercilessly and then nailed him to that cross and he died on that cross and we don't really see beauty in that uh, because it was gruesome. But he said for the joy set before him. He saw the beauty in what he was going to do and so We have got to see through God's eyes so we can see the beauty in everything that God is doing. God ordains these times and seasons of life and everything he created has beauty and it has purpose. Our hard times, our trials are always in the hand of the one who loves us the most. If it's out of your hand, honey, you can come to the music. This will will hurry me up. Um, uh, But if it's out of our hands, it's never out of his hands. God's always got it. And then we can go back to verse 14 where we started. So I know that whatever God's doing, now that we have talked about his sovereignty and we've talked about our seasons, now we can stamp it with this scripture. I know whatever God's doing, it'll be forever. Nothing can be put to it nor anything taken from it. And God does it that men should fear before him. God does it so we will reverence Him, so we'll trust Him. And then He said this in, um, in Psalm, I, don't, I didn't read this earlier, Psalm 145 and 19. Look, now that we reverence Him and fear Him, look what He said about that. God will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry. And will save them. He's not just gonna ignore you, he's gonna go into action. Now, he did not say how quick that would be, or how or what direction it would come from, what process it would take to do all these things. That's why I trust his sovereignty. That I don't have to know why, I just know there is a why, you, you, because I trust God. I don't know, I don't have to, I don't understand. God, why you took me on this road? Well, you don't have to understand it. Just keep walking. And so the fact that God is sovereign should not cause us to doubt him, but it should put us at ease. That's the great thing. That's why there is a peace, the Bible says, the peace of God that passes understanding. You can stand with me this morning. That's why before Jesus left, he said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives peace, he said, but my peace. And so, uh, man, just think, there's no other God. There's no God like him. So his peace is unlike any other peace. His love is like, unlike any other love. His counsel is unlike any other counsel. Anything, anything God does, there's nothing that can, you can compare to it. You can't liken anything to it. And so, if God's leading you, You've got to trust He'll get you there. And if something's going on in your life, remember, that doesn't change what God thinks about you. He just didn't share that big drop off. (laughs) You know, He didn't didn't say anything to Peter about sinking when he started walking on water. He said, if you want to walk on water, Peter, come on. Peter gets out there a little ways. He starts looking around. Hey, I didn't realize I'd get scared when I was out here. And he starts sinking. So he but what does he do he cries out to the Lord and, and the Lord knows Peter loves me he fears me he, he believes in me and he grabbed him and pulled him up and they walked back to the boat but it was that trusting in God's sovereignty that got him on the water it was looking at things through his own eyes that started him sinking if he'd have just kept his eyes on the Lord if he'd have just kept walking on the authority of that word he'd have got right out there to where Jesus was And that's what happens to us so many times. God calls us to walk in places. And even in those places, if we start looking at things with our eyes and we start trusting our emotions and the way we feel, we start sinking. But God, you told me to come out here. Yeah, but I told you to come all the way out here. (laughs) You you started walking and started doing your own thing. And now you're thinking, but I'll I'll get you back to the boat. Don't worry even when we mess up the Bible says though a good man fall he's not utterly cast down because the hand of the Lord will uphold him and so uh, too many many scriptures for us to ever give up and too many scriptures about God's goodness and his faithfulness for us to ever not trust him so let's trust the Lord Let's, let's pray together as we're dismissed Lord we thank you for always watching over us for the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers and God today I pray that we will all just once again learn to trust in who you are and everything you do in our life Lord continue to lead us and guide us by your spirit we trust you to get us to that inspected end and Lord we want to hear well done good and faithful servant so we give our lives once again to you God Where you go, we'll go. Whatever you want us to say, that's what we'll say. Whatever you want us to do, that's what we'll do. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Great God. Great God. A great God, a great God. Praise the Lord. Now, I went a little over, but I... uh, So take a few extra minutes, get you some water, run to the restroom, and then let's find a place to pray for a moment. And let's get ready for God to move in our next service. Amen. God bless you.